We are Grace Church International, a spirit-filled, multicultural, worshiping community. One church in two locations. Today's message is preached by Bishop Jonathan Alvarado. We pray that it reaches you no matter where you are and equips you to be a more developed Christian disciple. As we talk about the tenor of the times and as we, as we are in this season whereby we've celebrated Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit, I want to talk about the subsequent understandings of what the Pentecost experience did for the people of God. And one of the things that we're going to talk about today is, uh, for my title of the message is that Pentecost brings boldness. Pentecost brings boldness. Now, I don't want to get into a theological quandary in this moment, nor do I want to have any argumentation or debate for anybody that has uh, an issue with what we call uh, initial physical evidence or evidentiary tongues. Because there are those that believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is singularly and exclusively accompanied by speaking with unknown tongues. You don't have any argument with me. I'm glad that I speak with tongues more than you all. I I just, I don't don't agree with you, but I choose not to argue with you on that because the text is replete with other examples of the Spirit's manifestation on in the lives of the people of God. I do believe that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is oftentimes and possibly even the majority of the times accompanied with speaking with unknown tongues as we have been preaching at about. Don't get mad at me. If you're mad about that, just go listen to the last three, four messages I preached. All of it was about tongue speech and t- divided tongues of fire and the, the spirit poured out on all flesh and talking in tongues and all that other kind of stuff. But we hook them a shy around here just with the best of them. But let me just suggest to you today that this text says to us that they spoke the word of God. No indication of glossolalia or xenolalia. They spoke the word of God with boldness. And it seems to me that that preposition uh, with, this prepositional theology that we must embrace has to include an understanding that the Holy Ghost coming upon the lives of people must produce boldness. I need some people to type it into the live stream one more time. That Pentecost brings boldness. Ain't but two of my friends that did any typing. What's wrong with my friends? Y'all don't like me? Type in on my stream. If you're on my watch party, type in boldness. And the rest of y'all, whatever you're watching on, type in boldness. Because if you don't get this part, you'll miss the entire message. Because that's all I'm going to preach about is the Holy Ghost bringing boldness to the people. You see, precious dears, the early church developed along this wise. When the Spirit came upon them, great revival broke out. And so 3,000 were saved in one instance, and 5,000 were saved in one instance, and 8,000 came to the Lord in another instance. They were bringing their books of sorcery and magic and witchcraft and putting them out in the streets and burning them. They were revolutionizing. Uh, They were operating in revolutionary activity that let everyone that was watching and everyone that was a bystander on the sidelines know that they had had a significant and catastrophic change in their lives, that the entrance of the Holy Spirit into their lives brought about an ontological change, a fundamental change of their nature, that what they were before they were no longer, and that they were now living their lives to the best of their ability in service of the Lord Jesus Christ, following hard after the mandates of our Lord. And so the church developed along this wise, and a part of this development meant that the church was performing acts of both 
boldness. Everybody say boldness. One of those acts is found then in uh, Acts chapter 4, in this very chapter that we're reading, that whereby Acts chapter 3, going into Acts chapter 4, whereby Peter and John go by the temple beautiful and they heal a lame man on the Sabbath day. It was unlawful at that time to perform compassionate acts of mercy ministry, even, uh, uh, even toward those who needed it so desperately uh, on the Sabbath day. They got in trouble for that and they had to end up in front of the council for that and they were asked what name were they speaking in and whose power and authority gave them the opportunity to bring about healing. The, the man was interviewed and Peter and John spent a night or two in jail and they too were interviewed and they went through this difficult trial of affliction because they served the Lord. I'd just like to suggest to you today that every now and then when you're serving the Lord doing the right thing for the marginalized in the community, there are going to be community members that do not like, appreciate, or validate what you do in the name of the Lord, even though it is the right thing. And people down through history have gone to jail like Peter and John for doing the right thing under the power of the Holy Spirit operating in boldness. Three times in this text, boldness of speech is mentioned. It's first mentioned in verse number 13 when Peter and John demonstrated boldness as they stood in court. Your Bible says in verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, the testimony that they gave, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. It's an important consideration that, 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 that the boldness that Peter and John had was demonstrated while they stood up in court. Peter and John were not mealy-mouthed. They were not scared. They were not jelly-backed. They were not lily-livered. They were not weak in constitution. They stood up and they understood they were in trouble for what they had done. But the Bible says the people didn't see their faces filled with trouble. Their people didn't see their faces filled with weakness. The people saw their faces filled with boldness. They stood up boldly and proclaimed. And I'm concerned about a contemporary church society where we can't tell whether or not you're bold and what you stand for and whose side you are and whether you stand for truth or whether you're just watching to see what, what's going to happen. The devil is a liar. They were clearly identified by the boldness with which they spoke even in a court where they were under conviction. It's important that we understand that the second time that boldness was mentioned in this text is, is in verse number 29. In that pericope of text right before the verse that we read on today, the text says that they were praying after they were released. They went back to their company. When they got with their company, they began to pray. And part of their prayer said, now Lord, look on their threats, the threats of the governmental officials, the threats of the ruling authorities, the threats of those who were against their cause and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak. Y'all don't like this kind of preaching right here because some of y'all want to wait in the cut and hide behind signs and face masks and not let people know that you are making a stand for something righteous and something right. Some of y'all want somebody to represent you in the fight. But I want to suggest to you today that if you've got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will make you stand up boldly and it will make you pray for more boldness. Not 
only did Peter and John exemplify boldness in the courtroom, but they prayed for boldness to be in the community. My prayer is that more people will rise up in boldness. One of the reasons I invite you to come and join me on the bridge at Candler Road and I-20 is so that way all that traffic that's driving by can see your boldness so that the news cameras can get your face on the news saying we got to pass this house bill that every one of us can stand up and be counted. It's one thing to benefit from other people's boldness. It's another thing for you to be bold to benefit somebody else. The Bible says that they were bold in court. They prayed for boldness in verse 29. And then finally in verse 31, that boldness came upon them. You got to get this concurrently with the Holy Ghost. Read the text in verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what happened? They didn't talk in tongues. They spoke with boldness. There's a concurrent reality now that as they prayed and the Holy Ghost came upon them, boldness accompanied the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to suggest to you today, precious dears, that while you may be looking for tongues, that's a great thing. I don't despise speaking with tongues. Get it. Get all you can. Talk in tongues as much as you can and as much as you want. But I'd like to suggest to you today, talking in tongues in private won't change the, 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 the society that we need people to stand up and speak boldly in public. I want you to hear me when I say it. The Holy Ghost will not only empower you to pray in your closet in private, which is effective. It's effectual. I don't want to minimize the power of prayer. But I want you to know also that the co collateral component and the complementary component to private prayer in tongues is public speech with boldness. Both of which evidence the Holy Spirit in your life. And could it be? That some of the protesters that we see in the streets of cities all over the United States and the world, could it be that they're being baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit coming on on all flesh that's provoking them to speak out boldly? I know some of the language that they use is not good language for inside the church, but could it be that the provocation of that is the boldness that comes when the Holy Ghost is poured out? Listen, not on church flesh, not on religious flesh, not on Pentecostal flesh, not on flesh of any faith, but on all flesh. Maybe the Holy Ghost ain't discriminating against who she is poured out on in this season. Boldness. But what do you mean when you say boldness, Bishop? I'll tell you what I mean. Boldness means authoritative speech. Boldness means unreserved speech. Boldness means the kind of speech that is not afraid to make people uncomfortable. Listen to me very carefully as I come rapidly to a close of this message. Boldness is the kind of speech that makes people uncomfortable. What I have come to discover, y'all, is that uh, there are people that will not uh, uh, align themselves with my cause because they are not willing to understand my pain. When people can't understand your pain, they will not align with your cause. When people have never experienced or had family experience or gone through the kind of systemic, oppressive, painful experiences that you and I, if you're not willing, they taught us when I was a child, before you judge a man, you need to walk a mile in his moccasins. 
taking that from that old Native American proverb. They taught us that as a child. And one of the challenges is, is that in this society, there are too many that have been benefited by the oppression of other groups who are not willing to walk in the moccasins of the groups from whom they have benefited. They have benefited from our economic generation for 244 years of slave, slave labor. They have benefited from our marginalization of 100 years of Jim Crow and Jane Crow laws. They have benefited from the society that said, I'll hire you because of your gender or because of your skin color or because of your sexual orientation but I won't hire others and I'll make provisions for you they have benefited they, they critique us and say affirmative action is bad but they also have legacy clauses that got them into the universities and got them into places because their fathers and grandfathers went in uh, and arose by any other name you call it affirmative action when it's people of brown and black skin but you call it legacy when it's people of white skin the devil is a liar and they have never walked a mile in our moccasins therefore they can't speak for us and on our behalf because they have not felt our pain and it is not my expectation that we in inflict pain on them because you'll never be able to experience what we have experienced until you open yourself up to, and be quiet quit trying to always be the teacher and the leader and the overseer and just listen to the marginalized voices and hear the pain in our voices and maybe by the Holy Ghost you can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities like you like Jesus was and thus feel our pain and be able to speak out with us I've come to discover precious dear that authoritative speech is a is a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost listen correctness doesn't mean you have the Holy Ghost yeah, I don't have time to go into all this today. Great day. Some of us think that when you got the Holy Ghost, you're always going to say everything just the right way and you're always going to be theologically correct and your exegesis is always going to be right and you're always going to have the right perspective. It doesn't mean that at all because sometimes I'm going to get it wrong but what lets you know I got the Holy Ghost is that I'm bold in it and I'm speaking out and I'm saying something and I'm not hiding in the cut and I, I'm, I'm bold enough to open up my mouth and let the Holy Ghost use my tongue to bring awareness and attention and know it doesn't always come come out the right way and no I don't always get every nuance and everything exactly correctly and no I'm not perfect and no I don't say everything the right way but let me tell you something it gets your attention because I'm speaking boldly under the power and the auspices of the Holy Ghost and I need some more people not just Bishop Alvarado not just Dr. Tony Alvarado standing out on the streets of Atlanta being interviewed and speaking out boldly against the systemic racism that has come against our city and against our people but I need more people to stand up, people that claim to have the Holy Ghost. Stop dancing in church and start speaking on the streets. Stop talking in tongues in your closet and start speaking out on your on your live stream. You ought to stop putting up funny memes of what happens in church trying to be a jester in the king's court and become a prophet to the nations and say that this nation is going to be judged by the God that created it. If we don't speak out boldly against the systemic race and evil that have come against us. Peter and John did it. They prayed for the community to do it. And when the Holy Ghost came upon them, everybody spoke out with boldness. Somebody type it in the live stream and type it in three or four times. I need boldness. I need the power of the Holy Ghost to give me the boldness to speak out against what I'm dealing with in this hour and in this season. Boldness means authoritative speech. You know you make people uncomfortable when you speak authoritatively. 
When you and I speak authoritatively, we dislodge the forces that have kept us subjugated in a childlike state of existence. Let me see if I can help y'all with that. Sociologically, there are, there are some groups and the powers that be that are only comfortable with people of color, marginalized people, uh, minority people, when you and I are behaving in a childlike existence. As long as they can be the parent and you can be the child, as long as they can teach you and you say, oh, that's how that goes? As long as you can sit in their church and they be in leadership, get paid all the money, y'all not saying that to me now, and you support it with your dollars and participate in it, and then they can tell you how to think, then they're cool with you. But the minute you straighten up your back, and the minute you say, no, nah, you got that wrong. And the minute you demonstrate that you are just as educated, just as informed, just as experienced, and you have something to contribute to the conversation as well, that's when they become uncomfortable. That's when they start trying to play them silly games. Now you misunderstood what I said. No, I understood precisely what you said. I had the intellectual capacity and the mental scaffolding to be able to ascend under your little cheap, easy words that you are speaking. What makes you think you can speak something? that this brain can't comprehend. This is the brain that built the pyramids. This is the brain that had the hanging gardens. This is the brain that developed language. This is the brain that came up with the circumference of the earth. This is the brain that did astronomy while your people were still living in caves. Don't even try it with me. This is the kind of brain that set forth civilization as we know it. You've robbed from this brain. You've stolen from this brain. You've appropriated from this brain. What makes you think a black or brown brain is and good like your brain and you always got to be the father or the mother or the teacher or the overseer the devil is a liar there are few of us that are raising up and with boldness saying my brain just as good as your brain some folk won't say that because they don't want to speak with boldness because they're so scared they're going to offend somebody but I came to let somebody know I ain't scared of offending nobody. I don't care. Close the doors on me. Don't let me teach in your little stanky institutions. It don't matter to me. It don't matter. You wasn't letting me in the door in from the beginning. You wasn't giving no opportunities, no black, black folk anyway. Georgia State University, which has the highest population of African Americans and brown people in the entire, it's not a PWI, but it is, it is a a minority-serving institution here in the state of Georgia has come back now. The faculty members are now realizing with all of those minority students, they finally look it up saying, hey, we ain't got enough black and brown people teaching around here. Because it is a systemic perpetuation of the notion that all black and brown folk got to keep going to white folk to get our training, our learning, and our education. That's why I advocate for HBCUs. That's why I put my money in HBCUs. Because you will, that's why my children went to an HBCU. Because you will never get the kind of nurture and cultural affirmation from people who never see you as equal or on par with them. And this is your second touch to get you to see men as they are. It's important, precious dears. The boldness will allow us to speak to authoritative powers and let them know that that speak that that they are not the only one with a brain. They're not the only ones that can think. To stop using that paternalistic tone with us. Ask more questions. Quit offering propositions. 
this is a problem that the system that have supported your privilege has perpetuated in our community. At the very least, you can ask, how has this impacted you? Because that will give you a clue as to how to remedy it. And there are those of us in the midst of us that can articulate to you clearly and lugubriously how to be able to bring about that. I know y'all don't know to look, to look that word up so you can see what lugubriously means. Look it up. Y'all don't like me. Hold on while I drink me. So I had I had my coffee and my and my cranberry juice up here because I knew this message. I needed, I was drinking two-fisted today because I knew this message was going. <laughs> All right, that's right. You better hurry up and believe it. You better hurry up and believe it. You better hurry up and believe it over here. You better hurry up and believe it. That's exactly right. That's all right. What was I talking about before y'all interrupted me? All right, I got to hurry up. I got to close. They started playing the Morehouse College hymn. And that's exactly right. Dear old Morehouse. That's what you heard lugubriously comes from dear old Morehouse. You better hurry up and believe it. And you better go to Morehouse too. Stop sending our black boys and our black girls to places where their genius will not be appreciated. Stop lending black greatness to white plantations. I said it the other week when I was preaching about all of y'all at Liberty University. I know it's cheap. They make it cheap for you. And it's cheap cost-wise and cheap value-wise. You don't get nothing out of that. No, you don't. All you get is a all you get is a is a is a massaging of your sensibilities to make you put up with people like Jerry Falwell Jr. just a little bit more. Come out of there. Come out of there. Don't let them shape your good mind. Look, don't let them deform what God has put in your spirit. Don't let them deconstruct your blackness. By telling you that they don't see color. They see color when they shooting you down in the streets. Well, well, none of this in my notes. I was just trying to talk about what boldness means, but y'all food around made me mad. God help me. Here's the last part. Play real softly under me. I'm going to say this last point and I'm going to let them go. I'm going to say this last point and then I'm going to pray. And, and don't be so mad that y'all don't give me no Episcopal support either. I ain't been to some of y'all. All of my supporters need to weigh in today. All of my supporters need to weigh in today. All of my supporters need to weigh in today. Everybody sacrifice something and weigh in today on Episcopal support. Because it is in these moments, it is in these moments where we begin to preach boldly like this. Not only do we come under demonic oppression and assault, not only do we feel the weight of the ministry and the societal pressure, but you got to understand, I have a ton of wonderful white friends. One of whom, I, several of whom I spoke with on yesterday. One of whom I spoke with as late as almost 11 o'clock last night. And they keep up with me on live stream. And I have to say stuff like, hey, y'all got to pray with me and track with me. Some of them aren't spiritual. Some of them are shooting community. And Bubba and Earl and them, they don't understand. They don't understand what I'm dealing with. They don't get that. And they appreciate me as a person, but hear me on this. I'm trying to liberate all of us, not just black folk. I'm trying. Do you know that racism is a trap for white people too? Racism keeps white folk trapped. 
my preaching is to liberate everybody. We all have to be liberated from this entrapment. All of y'all, call my musicians, all my singers, everybody come back in place. This is what boldness also means. Boldness means freedom in speaking, unreservedness in speech, openly, frankly, listen to this part, without concealment. When the prayer for boldness as a result of the Holy Spirit coming upon us, part of our prayer should be, Lord, take the veil off of my speech. Listen to me carefully. Here's why. Here's why. Because while it is great that we are graduating, I'm talking about black, brown, and white, we're graduating from silence to speech I see more people speaking out, but the things I'm hearing are still veiled speech. They're, they're the kind, see, our, our president thinks he's addressing the matter when he, when he makes mention of a particular incident and then says there are good people on both sides of the issue. That's veiled speech. It's important that you and I understand that as we graduate from silence, because listen to me, silence in these things is betrayal. It's veiled speech. Rather than just say the four police officers in Minnesota were deadly wrong for participating in the assassination of George Floyd. Now, the veiled speech is, well, why didn't the bystanders do something? So you're speaking up now. Say it was a it was wrong. I mean, we see that's wrong. Murdering anybody is wrong. But 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 why didn't the boss? Now you're trying to put it on somebody else. See, that's veiled speech. That's destructive, destructive speech. Because if they would, the bystanders would have done to try to do something, there'd have been twelve dead people. Because the minute they'd have moved toward that, then they'd have opened fire on the entire crowd shot down the 17-year-old girl who operated with boldness in the face of a police officer telling her to put her camera away. The devil is alive. Had not a 17-year-old girl, a child, stood up with boldness, George Floyd's death might have been in vain. A child could it be that all these young people are about to be the thing, the force, the, the leadership that brings us into a consiled America? Y'all want to talk about reconciliation. You can't be reconciled till you've first been consiled. Blacks and whites ain't never been consiled in America. We have to first have some conciliation before there can be some reconciliation. Y'all trying to create what didn't exist, build it on a false foundation. Boldness of speech is plain speech. If everybody is misreading your tweets and texts and Facebook posts, it ain't everybody. It's the way you're writing it. It's that veiled speech you're using. Be plain. Be bold. Say what you mean. Stop trying to make other people who are wrong feel good about being wrong. You know what I've come to discover? I was raised by old school parents, and they understood that every now and then I got to beat you because if I beat you, the pain of that beating will keep you from that behavior. Every now and then it's the discomfort of what you experience that keeps you from that behavior. 
That's the rationale y'all use when police brutalize people. Well, if they go through that, they won't ever do that again. But if you just speak plainly at the risk of offending some people and scrape their sensibilities a little bit, the pain of that offense may bring about the kind of systemic change, ontological change, dispositional change that they need to finally be in a position to say, let's be brothers and sisters. Let's stand in fulfillment of the prophecy of one of the greatest leaders our nation ever had, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who had a dream that one day his four children, and I shared the dream that one day my three children will stand right here on Stone Mountain, Georgia, in DeKalb County, where the most recent lynching took place in 1940. In the entire state of Georgia, the last black person that was lynched was lynched in this county in the Decatur Square our friend Commissioner Larry Johnson is the one that got the lynching monument taken down because he was willing to stand up with boldness Stone Mountain Georgia used to be the southeast regional headquarters of the Ku Klux Klan This is where we live, y'all. This ain't something that happened 2,000 years ago. This is where we live right now, right down the street from us. And when we speak plainly to these matters, that these things have to be upbraided and overturned, listen to me. My precious sister, Dr. Cheryl Bridges-Johns, put out a wonderful expose on confederacy. And I understand that some people are, uh, some, some of my white friends are holding on to Confederate monuments as a matter of legacy. But let me just say something to you. Let, let me let you in on, on, on a little secret here. Um, it, that legacy that, that, that your family has along that wise may be very noble in the fact that it was white slave owners that financed and propagated the war. Their sons did not go to war. It was poor white families whose sons went and fought on behalf of the Confederacy and it was never articulated to them that it was over slavery. It was articulated to them that it was over uh, the uh, uh, overreach and aggression from the North. And so many of them were not fighting to preserve slavery because most of them that were fighting didn't have slaves. But they too were pawns of the system. And so you ought to be filled with as much indignation as black folk that your family was used in that way in a traitorous war against our country to perpetuate the financial security and liquidity of a small 22% of the colonists. Those are the historical facts. And so I stand with you. Let's create a confederate museum so that way the historical legacy of the confederacy can be available to all of those who celebrate it because of familial participation. But let's take down the symbols of hatred and separation out of the public square 
where others of us who have a totally different interpretation of it, it's not an either or proposition. It's a come let us reason together. Though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they'll be as lambs. Well, you've been patient and I've been long-winded. Thank you so much. Daniel, I see you, my dear brother. All the way in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I see you, Daniel, in Iskri. Bless you, brother. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me your ear and your heart in this season. I want to pray for us today. And as I pray, the prayer line is opening up. There are intercessors waiting and available to hear from you today. Whatever your prayer concerns are, whether you want to be prayed for for salvation, whether you want to be prayed for for reconciliation into the house of God, whether you want to be prayed for that you might become a member of Grace Church International, even a part of our virtual community from wherever you are, whether you need to be prayed for that you have prejudice, which anybody can have, or racism, which the majority in power has. We want to pray for you for all of those instances. Some of us as people of color may have hatred in our hearts because of treatment toward any people group. Let me tell you something. Hatred is never justified. And you and I have to learn to live into the legacy of black folk. Black folk in this country have taught this country how to love through oppression. And you have to come now fully. You're not fully black if you hate. If got whole hatred in your heart. You've got to learn how to love through oppression and learn how to love. That doesn't mean we have to tolerate, but it does mean we have to love. Maybe you need prayer along that wise. And after that, after you will have called in and be prayed for if you're desirous of doing so, I want to encourage all of you to go right back to those, to those giving screens. I want to encourage all of you to give your Episcopal support. I need my members, at least 250 of my members, to, to give the um, amount that we've asked our membership to give weekly. I need you to do so. I know, I know, I know sometimes it's a strain. I know it's sometimes difficult. But I want to encourage you to give at least the weekly amount that we've asked everyone to give toward Episcopal support that we might be able to carry out this work. Y'all got to give this support now more than ever because I got to carry this work and this work uh, in various places. There are places that are calling for my presence to be able to come and stand up. Bishop Alvarado, will you come stand with us? We're protesting. Will you come march with us? We're marching. Will you come speak at this thing? And I got to be able to go do those things and you make that possible through your support, through your Episcopal support that makes this church a sending location for justice and freedom. Y'all got to give the Episcopal support because I might end up in jail and need some bail money and I'm going to be calling and telling the, the saints come down here, bring, bring the credit card from the church and come get me out of jail. I need the support in this seat. Y'all not saying nothing to me now. Send in your Episcopal support that we might carry out the work of this ministry. Martin Luther King Jr. was a great leader, but he was only a great leader because he had the support of hundreds of thousands and potentially millions of persons who gave the little that they had to be able to support the work that he was doing. And I want to encourage you to do that on today in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray. You call in for prayer. You give your Episcopal support, and then I'm going to ask Pastor Tony to come and bless and dismiss us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Father, as we have ministered your word on today, as we have prayed for boldness, the kind of boldness that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray in the name of Jesus that you baptize us afresh. Now that we recognize that Pentecost doesn't just bring tongues, but Pentecost brings boldness. I pray that you give us bold tongues, bold constitutions, bold dispositions. I pray that you meet us tomorrow at the big lots at 530 
Holy Spirit, there are going to be men and women that are gathering there, some for the very first time in their lives ever demonstrating for a socio-political cause. And I pray in Jesus' name that you meet us there with the spirit of boldness. I pray, God, that you come upon the people, the entire crowd that will be there, that we may peacefully and prayerfully protest what the systemic injustices and that we may push through legislation that rights systemic wrongs in this state. I pray for our leader, Commissioner Larry Johnson and others who will lead us in this valiant effort. I pray for Pastor Tony and other pastoral leaders that we will stand together arm in arm to represent the African-American and, and Afro-Latino church community in representing the people of God here in DeKalb County and beyond. I pray in Jesus' name that you grant unto us boldness, that as we declare your truth, that you will validate that truth with signs wonders and miracles following with systemic changes legislative changes and liberative praxis in our communities let it be so for your glory and for your honor in Jesus name the prayer lines are open the giving opportunities are open call in weigh in give and pray Pray and give. Be a part of what's happening in this movement, in this season, in this time. Come be a part of it in Jesus' name. If this message has blessed you, join us as we seek to change lives by reaching and equipping people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can find us on Facebook at Grace Church International, on Instagram at Grace Church INTL ATL or on our website at www.gracechurchintl.org. If you would like to partner with us in our mission, you can donate on PayPal at www.paypal.me slash gracechurchintl, on Cash App at dollar sign gracechurchintl, or on our website at www graceChurchintlatl.org/slash/giving. Now go in grace, and the grace of God go with you.